0: What's going on guys, my name is Niro, and welcome to the final review episode of 13 Reasons Why. This is episode 13, tape 7, side A, and we're finally gonna find out the 13th reason why Hannah did what she did. Um, I just want to say thanks for all the support on this series so far. Uh, another thing is that a few people have asked me to do one video with an overall review of the series. Um, So I think I'm going to do that um, with some, like, you know, just a sort of a a spoiler discussion about it. uh, With just myself giving an overall review of everything that's happened in the series, I think. So um, look out for that. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, check out the YouTube video for a nice visual reminder of what I'm talking about. And other than that, let's just get straight into the review. So we hear Hannah at the very start saying... One last try. I'm giving life one last try. And uh this is in episode, or sorry, in tape thirteen, which uh is obviously the last one that she made. So um that's key I think because uh well I'll explain why as I go on, but just the fact that she had already made all of the tapes and then at uh, this one was like, Okay, I'm gonna give life one last try. It's sort of like if you went to twelve counselling sessions Because you were feeling suicidal, and then you attempted to um, use everything that you had learned from actually venting to try and go forward in life. But we start out with Zach's deposition. Um, An interesting side note too is that this series takes place in the future, in November 2017, so it hasn't even happened yet technically. Zach's acting is really good in this scene. Uh, He's really convincing as a scared guy stuck in between trying to look after himself and trying to do the right thing. And it just comes across really well. We see Tony giving the tape recorder to Hannah and her saying it's just for some project. And we see Hannah discussing her recording of the tapes and the reasons for the people on each tape. She says that after she finished the last tape, she felt something shift. That she thought she could beat her depression and decided to give life one last shot. Um, And this is what I was sort of talking about at the start. Is that this is just a crucial moment in our suspension of disbelief for the series. We needed to reconcile the therapeutic effect of venting your pain with the final moments of Hannah's life. Because conventional wisdom tells us that if you're feeling down, like alone, sad, or, or any number of negative emotions, the first thing that you should do is talk about it. It's what they always say, just talk, talk to somebody. Just throwing your problems out there can help you understand what you're going through. Um it, it it's it's just it's a therapeutic experience. And I think that was the most difficult aspect of getting on board with this series. So Hannah setting up this moment of foreshadowing at least walks us into the episode prepared for the final stages of that suspension of disbelief, that there's clearly going to be one last straw here and we're going to find out what it is. Hannah walks into the pharmacy to take a cassette tape saying that she needs one more for her project. Her mum briefly quizzes her about the project, but Hannah says, ah, it's just stupid, never mind. And her mum says, nothing you do is stupid. This scene is slightly painful to watch because of how oblivious Olivia is, which that has such a neat rap lyric. Like, Kendrick Lamar, you know, hit me up. I'll give you the rights to that one. Um, to Hannah's darkest intentions and the way that Hannah's exterior is so strong and ordinary and even, as her mother says, radiant, and yet there's just so much more going on. Um, so it's sort of... Uh, yeah it's just a little bit of a painful scene we then move on to marcus's deposition and he says he believes that he hurt hannah's feelings because she wanted to date him but he didn't want to date her which is not the entire truth but it's important to note that marcus started off his deposition really confidently saying like oh blah 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 whatever i'm marcus and then As the questions came, he sort of remembered what he had told Alex he was going to do, or at least what he and the rest of the guys agreed with Alex, which was that they were just going to tell the truth. And he was truthful, and he seemed remorseful. And that's good to see. I think we needed that, because Marcus has been a very frustratingly mm, evil character. (laughs) Not quite evil, but definitely two-faced and self-important. Tony visits Clay's house for breakfast and Clay is like, no, Tony has to go and then brings him upstairs and he shows him his recording of Bryce boasting about the rape in the last episode. Tony is unsure what to do from here. Um, He's saying that they've been sitting on evidence for weeks and, like, that's true. But Clay is so determined. He's sure that this is... Not only what he wants, but it's the right thing to do. And he says that Sherry has already gone to the police. All they have to do is just get this cassette to the relevant authorities and hope that justice is served. We move on to Courtney's deposition, and she is shown Exhibit Three, which is a photo of her and Hannah kissing. And she initially denies it, but it seems pretty clear to me that she's about to open up with the truth as the scene shifts to Monet's, where... Clay is meeting Jessica, and Clay is kind of trying to convince Jessica to go forward with the tapes and present them as evidence. He says he'll support her fight, and that Bryce should definitely pay for what he did. As Clay leaves, Jessica's confused, unsure about what to do. She tells him not to burn the tapes, as he'd suggested he would, if that's what she wanted. So this tells us that Jessica has still got some fight left in her, and she may very well go with Clay's idea, which would be pretty great. We then see Kat making a return back for her deposition and her deposition is really good she's actually like a really good actor um it's kind of a shame that she wasn't in the series more because just I think her inclusion here makes the episode stronger somehow um her her testimony I don't it's, I don't think it's testimony if it's in a deposition but it' it's just really good and she says that if she was around to help Hannah through her struggles, that Hannah would still be around today. and She's asked if she's still friendly with Justin Foley and she says, Justin Foley is dead to me. We then see Jessica and Justin having another argument. Justin gives a really impassioned speech about how he walked every street in this town. He climbed all the way to the top of a crane that overlooks the city and he was tempted to jump and he can't stop thinking about Jessica and she tells him to try harder while she walks away, and this is a really awesome line, it reminds me of Andy Garcia in The Godfather Tree, which is a movie that probably none of you have seen, and it, like, it, it's, I mean, it's highly rated relatively, um, as a movie, but it's one that people just don't really think is good at all, I think it's good, but Andy Garcia plays a guy called Vincent Mancini, and he's dating, uh, Mary Corleone, who is played by Sofia Coppola, and she's pleading with him to stay with her and not work for her father. And she says, I'll always love you. And Vincent replies with, love somebody else. And there's so much finality to it, even though it's delivered with emotion and and, and teary eyes, much like Jessica's line here. But it's the signal of logic outweighing emotion. And it's the best thing for the character. And it's it's just really cool. Um. <laughs> But then Justin says, tell me what you want, and he says he'll kill Bryce with his bare hands if that's what she wants, and this is just typical of his consistently idiotic view of the world. Yeah, Justin, (laughs) this is what'll make you more attracted to, or more attractable to her, is, is... in spite of your unimaginable unimaginable betrayal, just kill this man with your bare hands and then you can commence your stable relationship. There's a scene where Hannah is in the school corridor at her locker, and there's an announcement on the PA system congratulating Bryce Walker for achieving a significant milestone in the local sports ball derby. (laughs) I don't... I forget what it said. I, I, I think it was about baseball. I'm not sure. But the whole school basically congratulates him in person. Like, he saunters through the hallways to a hero's ovation, and it's symbolic of the social sway that he has. Like, he's propped up by these adoring admirers that he can control in a variety of different ways and it only makes Hannah feel more hopeless. Clay talks to her for a moment and it looks as though Hannah is going to actually confide in him but she can't find the strength and Clay doesn't have the social skills to persist try and get more out of her because he's too concerned about messing things up with her. It's... A powerful scene, and one that Clay will definitely look back on as a key moment in Hannah's final days. We then see Hannah talking to Mr. Porter, and she actually opens up here, she says she feels like a problem to her parents, she doesn't care about anyone or anything, she says she's not friends with the people that Mr. Porter thought were her friends, and that Clay Jensen hates her. As she's saying all of this, Mr. Porter's phone rings a couple of times, and he doesn't turn it off or anything, which, like, it immediately strikes you as obnoxious. Um, I have a feeling, while it's not actually said anywhere, but I have a feeling that his phone ringing is related to his child. I'm not sure, I can't properly remember how old his kid was, and I'm not 100% sure on the timeline between this scene and the present day. But in the scene where we met his family, it was just his wife and a kid, it was a very, very young baby and I wonder if the phone calls were related to the fact that the kid is on the way, and if it were to go to court and Mr. Porter had to testify or something, if anything to do with his phone ringing came up, would that be his excuse that he he just, he had a kid on the way? But the focus of the camera in this scene is right on Hannah's face, like a real close-up. Um, I, th- this is sort of symbolizing that she's bearing her soul here I- entirely. The focus switches along with the color scheme, and we see Clay in the office, and he asks, what if we could figure out why Hannah did take her own life? And then we go back to Hannah, who we learn is actually recording this exchange with Mr. Porter. She tells him it doesn't matter what he says. She says she needs everything to stop, like people, life. The scene grows more and more tense, and it switches between Clay and Hannah in alternating seats in a really neat way. Hannah ultimately describes what happened to her in vague Tony-esque detail, mainly down to how difficult it would be for a victim to actually speak up like, about something like this. Especially at such a young age. Mr. Porter really drops the ball here though. And Clay properly calls him out over it. Mr. Porter tells her that he will support her as best as he possibly can. But he can promise that Bryce will go to jail. He doesn't know that it's Bryce. Hannah won't tell him the name. But this scene is set up to show what a failure Mr. Porter is. And it's clear they've been trying to make us believe that that's his character's inevitable conclusion just by his general behavior in the series so far, but I'm going to say something in his defense. He asked Hannah if she said no, or told Bryce to stop, and she says no, she didn't. She doesn't describe the scene with that much detail, but she adds that she felt embarrassed, and I think that if I hadn't watched this show, or if I wasn't aware of the events that she's talking about, I'd probably reach the same conclusion he did. Like, he literally cannot do anything here. Like, I don't think his actions are inside the scope of illegality. I don't think he acted with reckless intent or or criminal levels of ineptitude or anything like that. We are meant to sympathize with him slightly because his phone continues to ring and the point of that is to just show how frustrating it is on his end to try and get information from a victim, but also it's to show how scattered his brain is when he's hearing information like this. And I think that's how a jury would see it. My actual opinion is that his final advice was, like, in his own words, it was blunt, but telling her to move on is just a really decidedly colorless way of painting her struggle, and it undermines everything she's been through, and it just implies that there's a switch she can turn on to activate moving on mode, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like when you're feeling down, and people are like, oh, why don't you just not feel down? What he should have done was told her that she's never alone, she can always talk to him, or any number of free counseling phone lines and he could have given her some phone numbers. He should have set up a weekly session where they could talk and he could ask her different questions to determine what her mood is like. He should have discussed the conversation with her parents even just to warn them that she doesn't seem all that happy. Like, he wouldn't have had to frame it as a mental health issue. He doesn't have, like, an obligation to go to the parents with every little suspicion that he has, but it just would have been a better idea. He also should have come up with options for her moving on procedure. Like, he should have asked her about her future, what her hopes and aspirations are, what she's going to do, what she's doing to connect the future version of herself to the present. He basically should have made sure that there were a number of doors open in future Hannah's life. But instead he said, well, the guy who raped you will be gone in a few months and you just need to move on. Okay, bye. He was negligent here. And it cost a person's life, ultimately. Then Vienna by Ultra Volks plays as she stares down the empty corridor. And the massive chorus in that song of This Means Nothing to Me really lights up the scene and as she finishes her last sentence into tape seven side a the bell rings and the hallway becomes flooded with noticeably happy faces we get the view from the above in sort of the top corner looking down and we see hannah's solemn face and it becomes unnoticeable as the crowd flocks in even as she leaves the scene and walks away it's really hard to ...place her denim jacket amongst the sea of bright colours and smiling pupils. It's a really, really well shot scene. Like, it sums up her mindset really well at the time. Um, the fact that you can feel all alone even when you're in a group of people and... I don't know, I, I feel like this is one of the best visual scenes in the entire show so far. Clay describes the last moments of her life and we watched them as he describes them in painful detail we even see her taking her last breath in the bathtub and slitting her wrists and uh, we we also see her parents finding her and to be honest this is really really tough to watch like I feel like on an emotional level there aren't many things you could put on a television screen and not be able to frame it in some desensitized way I mean we've all probably watched hundreds of people die on tv in an assortment of different ways and felt nothing while watching it because that's how they're designed they don't desensitize you from actual real world violence though like you don't react less to seeing real world tragedies just because of how you saw them framed on a tv show so with that mindset you can watch movies where there are rape scenes or suicide scenes and ultimately walk out of it feeling unmoved and have no emotional reaction to it. But this show is not like that. This show deals with those topics with blistering realism and truly palpable emotion. Like it's no wonder that this show has managed to cause so much controversy and concern and it's captured the minds of so many people. I dismiss this show a lot as being just a teen show and I kind of talk down on the age of the actors and how some of the events in the show are just so unrealistic that they're actually ludicrous. But there's a really noticeable emotional truth in this show that cannot be presented as unrealistic. And seeing Olivia trying to talk Hannah back to life against all odds is just one of those things. It makes you sympathize with literally every single parent who's ever had to suffer that unthinkable fate. And it's just really moving. It's so moving that even Mr. Porter is welling up hearing Clay describing it. Clay tells Mr. Porter about the tapes. He says, he's number 13. And Clay added a number 14, which he hopes will help him make his decision. We know that number 14 is Bryce Walker's confession. Mr. Porter asks how Clay knows about the tapes. And Clay says, I'm number 11. Clay tells Mr. Porter that it has to get better how we treat each other and look after each other. So I wrote something in my notes at this exact moment. And what I wrote was, there's 18 minutes left. And I wonder if any of that will be dedicated to Skye. Because she is a girl that Clay... Nose uses a razor on her wrists when she gets sad and if he doesn't talk to her it will be like he has learned nothing and the next thing he does is talk to her and it's awesome and and it's one thing that like really warmed me to this show because i was like they better do this or else it's going to be ridiculous and they did it straight away at the exact moment that i hoped they would and that's just that's just really good like that that's really good uh, screenwriting um, Clay just asks Guy if he wants to hang out and she's like, sure, is everything okay? And he's like, no. And uh, and they go and hang out and uh, and that's pretty cool. We see a really brief clip of Tyler prepping for his deposition, and he has a weapon stash that Tony Montana would be proud of. The dude is packing multiple pistols and what looks like an MP5K submachine gun. I speak like an expert on this topic because I've played COD 4. Come at me, haters. Tony walks into the pharmacy and presents the tapes to Olivia in the form of a USB key stick. He apologizes to her for not telling her everything and explains that Hannah asked him to keep secrets for her. And it's come to light that this actually might be useful for Olivia. Um... (laughs) Olivia asks what's on the tapes and Tony gives the most Tony answer ever meaning she doesn't find out any new information whatsoever but Tony is clearly conflicted here and he says I'm sorry I thought I was doing the right thing and uh, it's pretty good Tony really won me round in this show I really didn't want to like him but he's he's got me there he's like a good guy Uh, Tyler's deposition is really blunt and to the point he describes his experience in Liberty High as awful he says he's bullied every day he's sure that Hannah was definitely abused he says that there are tapes that she recorded about her struggle and that Clay Jensen now has the tapes next up is Jessica's deposition she says she stopped being friends with Hannah because she slapped her in the face and she's asked about the tapes and she says she doesn't know anything about them. Justin and Bryce have a drink outside the liquor store in the alley where they previously had the drink off with Alex and Clay. Justin tells Bryce that Clay knew about Bryce and Hannah because of the tapes. And it's weird to me that Bryce didn't know about the tapes at all up to this point. Bryce asks Justin if he knows the real truth. And Justin says, I do now. And then Bryce says, I guess I'll see you around. And Justin goes, nah, you probably won't. Justin walks away while an emotional song begins. And it's like... The Incredible Hulk leaving town at the end of the old TV show. Jessica tells her dad that she needs to tell him about something that happened to her as she wells up. And I guess this is the beginning of Jessica's moment of bringing the truth to light. Uh, the same song that was on as Justin departed is now playing. And, and we have one of those uh, music montage ends to the to the episode. Um, up next, though, is Tyler with his target list on clothes pegs in the darkroom or maybe it's his dark room, I'm not sure but he remembers Alex telling Montgomery to leave him alone and he takes Alex off the list also on the list is Bryce Monty Sherry Marcus Justin and Clay Mr. Porter puts his tape on in the school and the principal comes in to tell him that Alex shot himself in the head and is in critical condition and when I first heard that I was like oh shit well like Alex was really depressed and then I thought back to the previous scene with Tyler taking Alex down off the clothes pegs list and I wonder like it, it's interesting that both of these things could be true like I wouldn't be surprised if Alex actually did shoot himself in the head and I also wouldn't be surprised if if it was Tyler uh, shooting him I I I don't know, I I guess in my head I had Tyler's rampage mapped out as a typical high school shooting rather than, like, him going around offing people, and I think he would have done really well to disguise um, a murder attempt as Alex shooting himself in the head and stuff like that, so I'm, I'm not sure what I actually think about this, but it's one of a number of loose threads that they leave at the end of this episode um, Andy and Olivia listen to the tapes, which I'm sure must have been really difficult for them, and Clay, Tony, Brad, and Sky drive off into the sunset to close out the episode, and I really enjoyed it, um, some of the scenes were tough to watch, like as I said, but, um, it was really good television, as I was promised by uh, a lot of you guys listening, so, um, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the episode. I, I think the most important thing for me, like my number one reservation, was the whole idea of Hannah being able to vent all of her problems and for it to have ultimately no difference on her. And I think they sort of tackled that in a, in a pretty neat way. Um, there are lots of positions i can take on the mr porter thing and i'm not really sure what i feel myself honestly i think they did a really good job of showing the pressure he was under in that scene uh, with his phone constantly ringing sort of uh, just symbolizing how difficult it must have been for him to try and make an executive decision there and figure out what he was supposed to do um clay gave uh, a really good like speech to mr porter and then backed it up by going and talking to sky and i think that was really good too um it shows at least that he has learned something. Um there's a lot of loose treads though, so we have the whole Tyler thing, that's that's looming, like you know, there's impending death in that tread, no doubt about it. We also have the fact that Bryce is still out there, uh he's still being propped up by some people. Um we don't know the full extent of of Courtney's deposition. We we know nothing about how the court case is gonna go, and I wonder if that's what season two is going to be all about, or if there's going to be more evidence from Hannah, which would be interesting, but I I think it would probably be a mistake on their part, but I don't want to speculate too much on season two, I guess. Um, I'll do a full video talking about my entire thoughts on season one, and I might talk about what I think will happen in season two. I've also got a fan theory that I might make a video about, which, uh, which should be pretty good if I do. Um but yeah, the, this episode, I, I I think just the scene where Hannah slits her wrists was really moving and really powerful, and um, I, I, the moment after it happens, the next scene uh, moving on from the tub is Mr. Porter saying, powerful and painful, and that's pretty much it, like, that's pretty much what it is when you watch it, um, so yeah, that's those are all my thoughts if I missed anything let me know and I will talk about it in my next video about this series I'll probably only do one or two more videos about this and then move on to something else um if you want to suggest other series go ahead and do that leave some comments um that'd be pretty cool but yeah thanks for sticking with this the whole way through. it's been really awesome actually it, and it's it's been so refreshing for me to do something so drastically different from what I usually do so um yeah thanks for making that transition an awful lot easier I've been Eldeniro thanks for listening